Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Black Catalyst Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Chris. And today we're going to be talking about a fundamental question. Is capitalism the cause of all of America's problems? I feel like today in the economic landscape that we're in, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about capitalism, socialism, UBI, a whole bunch of economic theories, economic solutions to a lot of the problems that we deal with. So we figured why not utilize this time, you know, between, you know, trying to reach out to other entrepreneurs and get them on the podcast, small business owners or whoever in general that we feel like could be knowledgeable, getting them on. Let's talk about the economy. Let's talk about economic theory. Let's talk about some of the ideas that people are proposing. Do our research so we can come and present the best information possible. But before we get into capitalism, there's something I want to discuss, which is this idea of like we're entering a time that we've never been in before. You know, technology at one point was the wheel. People invented the wheel and it was called technology. Mm-hmm. Now we got computers, we got phones, right? And now that is starting to get mixed into this medical space and this idea of biotech. I remember in the last podcast, I don't know, was it like, I think it was the last one, you were talking about biotech being like the next billion mm-hmm. dollar industry. Absolutely. Remember? And I feel like with all great things in life, you know, they come some negative. And I feel like biotech, as as important as it is in helping further society, it also could be used in, a, in ways that are strategic for people who have different interests that might not be in the same interest of the everyday person. You feel me? Basically, you're saying with all the good that biotech could bring, it could potentially bring some harm. For sure. And it's like, even like with the advancements in like before, like... There was a time where we were starting to advance a lot in the areas of science where it was like the Cold War mm. and it's like battle battle of the scientists basically. It's like who's gonna create the best, you know, scientific thing at the time that was mm. gonna change the world. It was like the atom and like the H bomb mm. and the the nuclear bomb and stuff like this nuclear warfare kind of landscape. And that's when it was the Cold War where it was like the US versus Russia. Now I feel like we're in a space where it's like the US versus China. So basically, yeah, so back then, all these huge developments, it was like a historic time in society because we were all coming out with these revolutionary technologies. Mm. But on the other side of that, it came with, like, dangerous impl- mm. implications. Mm. Even in, like, 2000, so Internet comes out, and we've entered the age of information. Mm. With that also came the age of misinformation. So, like, Ooh, all these, I like that, all the these things coming out, mm. and it's almost hard to decipher what's true or not. It's like all of these good golden apples come with some like a worm in the middle like the good and the bad the yin and yang and i absolutely agree with you right now the next step would be integrating bio what we've seen health with Mm. also biotech and i'm curious to see what the negative implications of that could be you know for sure and i'm happy you brought up this idea like information technology because it's like there's a lot of cases. I'm just going to throw those out there for people who want to do the, the research, but like this, the Mark Zuckerberg situation, Jack Dorsey situation. Mm, all the where, Senate hearings, the antitrust. The exactly. Big and it's like you have these platforms that are amazing. You can connect with your family. You can connect with people that you haven't seen in years. Mm-hmm. You have like a this like social networking like LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn's not in this mix, but I'm just going to throw it in there. Yeah, just yeah. like the fact that you connect with people and like create these, I'm not going to say artificial, but like, you know, just reach out to people and like build connections that way. But it's like now they're being utilized as a way to like, I'm not going to say brainwash, but present information that they feel like is the best information for society. And I feel like that's a dangerous game to play. And I feel like even the idea of biotech, once you're starting to decide what you think is best for to put in someone's body, I'm not saying that I'm against anything like that, but like it gets, it's a dangerous space to get into. Yeah, it's tough because Apple, Twitter, Facebook, they all do so good bringing people to, together. Back in the day, you couldn't reach someone across the world mm. with the click of a button. And now they 
introduce so many different technologies to do that. You have social groups, Instagram. I can upload a pic. You know exactly what I'm doing. Exactly. You can hit me you up. Even know where you are. You give me your cases. reaction to. I'm like, oh, my boy down the street, or across the world, like mm. that post. But it also comes with so many things on the flip side. So like you were saying, there's all these antitrust hearings. All these companies have been in the like in Congress recently, like mm. ap- having hearings and getting grilled to some degree about the power they have and it is an interesting question because on one hand you do want these companies that have so much power to bring information to everyone to like you don't want videos of like a beheading just out to the public but yet that's a con that comes out and and i hear you though at what point is the line drawn like from when it's a beheading to when it's like just this absurd flat earth conspiracy theory that Perhaps let it out. I mean, if you believe it, uh, that's on you. But, like, maybe it's up to the user to decide. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, no, no, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I personally would not want to see it beheading myself either. So I, I would want the platform yeah, to kind of yeah. to tailor that. But I, I think that with misinformation, bro, I could go on Facebook right now or any platform in general. I'm not even going to throw Facebook under the bus. But, like, any platform, I can go out today and say any lie under the sun, right? Just cashed in a million dollars, right? They're not going to flag it. That's clearly misinformation. But as that's just personal to me, they're not going to flag it. They don't think it's going to create chaos. But that just reminded me. So I don't know if you knew about the whole Twitter thing when like they have like Elon Musk, all these big name like verified mm. users. I think even Obama, they posted it on their Twitter feeds because of a hacker. And it was like, you give me $2,000 and we'll double whatever you put in as like part of this like bitcoin thing and there's a bunch of people who oh, actually got like scammed scam. yeah because they saw these verified users saying like oh we're just trying to give back to the community whatever you put in we'll double it and a bunch of people got like caught for that because if i see barack obama tweet i mean maybe not me but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. essentially they thought it was a trusted source and in the end a lot of people got hurt i mean hey bro people people trust the, the former presidents you know, people believe that whatever former presidents say is law. I mean, I'm not against the specifics. But we'll get into people, that later. People, people do believe that. But um, this idea of like biotech again. So I was reading an article on CNBC, yep. and it was basically saying like how China is like the number one threat to like American national security, right? Because they do a lot of things because they have the power to do so in their country. You know, they have a very authoritarian uh, political system in which you know. I mean, that's authoritarian just now. Yeah, authoritarian political system in which there's one person in charge that kind of makes decisions. And basically what they're doing is they're basically trying to create a real-life Captain America right now. Really? Yeah. You know Captain America, you know, they froze the guy, you know, basically injected some stuff. Scrawny guy comes out, buff. Chris Evans, mad. Yeah, yeah. Probably, right? And you're questioning yourself like, this can never happen in real life. I feel like a lot of things in TV that we see is like, this can never happen in real Mm -hmm. life. And then slowly but surely you start to see these things happen in reality. I mean, they, there's like a famous quote that says, mm. art imitates reality. Yeah. And it's it's one of those chicken or the egg arguments, whether it's which one comes first, because we do see like, even like movies like The Pandemic or that famous video game back in the day, mm. Pandemic, like however the best way, you can have a disease go viral and then you like kind of see those things come to fruition, maybe because it's just in like, the collective consciousness or things of that nature, but there is definitely a thing of art imitating reality. Yeah, not for sure. I'm not even going to get spiritual with that in terms Absolutely of like manifestation mm-hmm. and things like that, but no. That, and that's, that's also another thing that's coming up. We definitely want to address because we're going to get straight to the facts, uh-huh. but that's become a lot more mainstream today. Like People actually believe in they can manifest things. Whether you can or not, who knows, but it's definitely uh, picking up steam.
No, that, that's that's true. Even like the whole idea of like The Simpsons too, and like how how like The Simpsons they'll they'll like have something in an episode, low key mm. will come true. It's like yo, what's going on? But it's like in the same idea of like art imitating reality is like they put the idea out there, people see it subconsciously, they believe it, mm. comes to reality. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of movies. That actually, that's actually kind of scares me now. A lot of movies, and there's that famous shot of like Trump like going down an escalator. And, like, mm. that's fine. Like, okay, you guess who the president is going to be. Big, big guess. But that, okay. That's a pretty steep but, guess, though. I ain't going to lie to you. But additionally, in it, there was, like, a sign that fell mm. in the Simpsons shot. And then, like, in the actual real life, when it happened, there was, like, a sign that fell. And I'm just like, all right. Who knows what's actually going on. You know what's on, crazy, but. too? They said that there's, like, a picture of, like, the electoral map in the Simpsons. And then everybody, like, when the actual election was going on, they're, like, watching the Simpsons, like, yo, is this true? Thinking at the electoral map, yeah. like, trying to see, like... I don't buy that one so much just because, like, states typically vote the same, but I did see that mm. one. The main one that's coming up soon is, like, there's a recent Simpsons episode, and it was, like, January 20th, 2021, mm. and it's, like, just fire and chaos, everyone. Like, and hopefully Dang. that does happen. Hopefully, hopefully that's just one of those episodes like 90 percent of those hoax episodes yeah, yeah like like the majority of episodes but like Wait, january you said january what you should actually probably look it up uh type in january 20th 2021 simpsons episode Wait, about, isn't january 20th 2021 inauguration absolutely that's devious i ain't gonna lie to you uh type in uh simpsons episode january 20th oh yeah right yeah Cause i'm pretty sure that's this inauguration day well and that's the one i was talking about before but um also, like if you're watching right now, you can look this up too. It's very short, but yeah, that's the the scene. And then the whole episode is about the election, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of wild, actually. You now, but I, mean, I feel like the Simpsons now they're, they're probably having fun with it. Hope, let's hopefully. I'm trying to find reasonable like um, rationale for this. Yes, yes. Trying so to I'm, be I'm trying to think that they're having fun with it now. They like they've made some decisions because the way things are going. I'm not gonna say it's possible, but I'm saying, hey, you never know. We we, we put a lot clearly have no idea what's them. going on. I mean, they even uh, had a uh, the monolith. Yeah, have you been seeing like the whole monolith? It was trending up? on Google, but I didn't know what it was about. Basically, just a monolith like appeared in like Utah or something. I didn't even know what it was. A monolith? I didn't know what it was before, let's but I guess it's just the structure. Let's look it up real quick. It'd also monolith. be nice if you had like an image of monolith. Yeah, I'm, right I'm, pop, I'm, but, pop, um, I'm pop it up on the screen. It's just that. Yo, but that was also in a Simpsons episode. Nah, stop it. Yeah, I'm gonna pop an image of this on the screen. It's looking like a beacon. It's looking like some crazy like skyscraper. This is. Like, this I don't even been... know. It's looking like some wild chalice that Thor would come down and like smash with his hammer. Pops type up vibe. in Utah, then it starts popping up all over the world. Apparently, at the end of the day, it was just some like artist like. No, uh, he's just traveling the world. Just traveling the world. Iron blocks everywhere. Making people freak out, like kind of getting a kick out of it, which is funny. But people did freak out for a bit, saying like aliens. I mean, it's like the 2020 finale. Like there'll be eight, like stuff like that. 2020 has been a year, so you gotta, you can't be too surprised when crazy stuff happens. And talking about crazy things, so like the whole idea of like China, they're trying to create genetically modified soldiers, right? So basically, I, I this is I literally copied and pasted from the article. Basically, the goal is to create biological dominance. When you think of biological dominance, what comes to mind? I have Hitler. a few ideas that I, I think of Hitler too. But I think like in terms of like if you could, if you were a soldier, but right? beyond that, like yeah. I'm saying, like if you was a soldier, you could create a, a biologically dominant person. Mm. What would you try to create? Um, it would be just the highest attributes that a person could have. So like, imagine you're creating an NBA 2K player. I'm gonna give mm. him big height, strong, top speed, 
all athletic capabilities. And then in a war scenario, I give him high IQ, high reflexes to be able to like to respond to his environment quickly. So that's what I would think of in terms of biological dominance. But if you take it one step further, perhaps maybe it's just not your soldiers, just like your population in general. So like maybe like once a kid's in the womb, you know what diseases they'll have at a oh, certain yeah. point. And it would, this is actually being discussed right now. Like at a certain point, technology can get to the point where mm. during pregnancy, you know, oh, this child's going to be more likely to have like diabetes or whatever. So mm. that's that's my idea of biological dominance. Then no, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking like, I, I didn't know for sure if they could like increase height because I felt like by the time someone would go I undergo both. this yeah. procedure, I mean, honestly, because the, just the fact that the article referenced Captain America is just like the thing that was stuck in my head. So I'm like, I'm thinking of like definitely some type of like speed, like, or like something with endurance. I feel like they couldn't go too crazy initially. I feel like with endurance, they could probably create a way that like their soldiers could run for like a very, very long amount of time or something like, but like strength is not like some wild, like, Mr. Incredible or something where you're like flipping cars, but it's like their muscles don't fatigue that fast or something like that. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I mean, feel like that's just the starting block. I was going to get to the point probably where you could just like yeah. flick this, the whole mic across the room. Well, at that point, there would, you'd have to actually like merge with like machine, whatever that means. If, maybe oh, like yeah, no, I'll get years. But um, in terms of endurance and fatigue, perhaps just harder training regimens, maybe not even that crazy. But I feel like there's a way, I feel like there's a, a very like, easily i'm not gonna say easy because I, I don't know anything about like biology in general mm. but i feel like if there was like a perfect way to start i think that endurance in terms of, like i feel like that's just the easiest way for somebody like what someone who could like withstand more pain or someone who could like run 10 miles both without... i feel like if you could figure out a way that a cell could regenerate very very quickly and then, like, think about, I feel like endurance is, like, you're tired because you're, you're not pumping blood fast enough. Like, you're not oxygenating fast enough or something like that. I mean, I don't know. I'm yeah, just no, no. I'm random things out there. I'm, I'm saying, like, I feel like in a situation, if, if a cell is taking too long and you can speed it up, that seems like a pretty logical thing that you could easily be able to do. Mm -hmm. I feel like with Mr. Incredible or things like where you're, like, Superman, you're, like, crazy strong, pick up a car. I feel like that's probably a little bit later, like, down the pathway, maybe. A lot and of it later, but yeah. Yeah, a lot of it later. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You got to, like, do, like, something else. But I feel like regenerating cells quickly enough where you, you're running and you're, like, you're never tired or, like, you're taking a very long time to get tired. I feel like, I feel like that's feasible for, for whatever reason. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I could see that in several hundred years. Maybe that's aggressive, but mm -hmm. I think what will come right before that, if we're talking about, like, cells in terms of reversing processes of cells. Mm. So, like, it, cells decay over time, but now you're able to, like, reverse that, then we would first unlock, like, immortality. I actually saw an article. Immortality before a longer endurance? So, and this is why. Okay, I'm Because all these things are would come to fruition as a result of, like, some moral cause. So, like, mm -hmm. we're seeing, like, what we're saying with the you know, age of information brought the age of misinformation. This mm. age of, like, new like biological medicines that would be able to like stop cancers. Mm. So immediately uh, the average lifespan ex extends. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like the first effort that uh, society would tackle would be all these health issues that are decreasing average lifespan. And over time, now we've extended, let's say you live to 100 years. It, there's no more diseases. It's just natural body decay. Then you would get to... If you get to, and I also have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'm just yeah, no, we're just it. we're just throwing out stuff in terms but, of this biological um, dominance idea. But yeah, so if you begin to reverse the natural processes of cells, 
mm-hmm. then you could theoretically reverse a cell decaying, which would mean... Oh, I get you, I get you. Which mean age would no longer become a factor because at a certain point, you would just be able to rewind the clock in essence. And then my one last point to that, mm. there's like shows or whatever, and we've talked about how art imitate, imitates reality, but we're trying to keep it logical. Mm. We're like uploading your content that sounds absolutely absurd to me but mm. the same way if i showed the phone to someone in the 1600s they'd think i was i'd be not even 16 1900 it'd be bro. i'd be, be like yo whoa, what is this huh, it's it, crazy boom it, might knock you out not even i'd be in the salon witch trials for like oh, performing shit. magic yeah. so i was, just unlocked some no, yeah what was i just saying though that last thing right before that about you were um, saying about slowing cells tacking on mortal life exactly so transferring consciousness i mean mm. we're seeing Elon with this whole neural link, which we've talked about in previous episodes. So now, if there's the ability to like upload, I don't even know. And this, I can't even pretend to like know something. But in a hundred years or so, you might look back at this video if you're still alive, which I guess is now possible as a part <laughs> of this conversation, nah, and be like, I don't know. I just there's like a natural progression of things, and at the most idealistic an optimistic version of a futuristic society, I mm. see that at the end of the path. No, I, I agree. I agree. So, with China, mm. I do think immortality would come before, but the opposite of that, the yin and yang, or the 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 downside to us coming out with all these innovative technologies would be in terms of war. Now we're coming out with biological super soldiers. We can reverse processes. Now mm. you no longer have fatigue. Yeah, no, the only reason I was saying I feel like endurance will come first, I feel like it'll be easier to easier, slow yeah, down a yeah. cell yeah, before yeah. it'll be able to reverse it. Yes. Mm-hmm. To a degree, but no, no, I, I definitely am definitely standing there. there was, I just saw actually a video that now you say that actually reminds me that there's like there's like a lot of technology that's like actually proven to work that's like can add an extra 25 years to someone's lifespan mm-hmm. just because of the fact that they can slow down things so much and they can actually reverse something. It was something about like a specific like disease that like... That like Are you talking about like telomeres? I didn't watch the video honestly, mm. but I saw it and I figured that it was something interesting. I'll probably watch it one day, but I didn't. I didn't watch it yet. But yeah, nah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Right, right. But wait, yo, no, no, nah, nah, we're recording. Right, right. Now nah, we good, we good. But no, nah, that's not. I was trying to check. I thought that it didn't have the SIM card in. Guys, if you listen to the podcast, just know sometimes technical issues do arise. And sometimes we do have to make certain decisions. So if, if you ever hear us just stop randomly, it's because we're checking the camera. It's nothing crazy, you know. But um, yeah. So basically, in China, they're using something called. I'm gonna read the exact paragraph called uh, what they did. So basically, to date, the use of CRISPR in animal has been very prominent element of Chinese research. For example, the use of gene-edited animals to grow human-like organs for use in transplants may prove not only lucrative, but also medically promising given continued shortages of organs, according to Bloomberg. Also, the creation of highly muscular dogs for use in policing illustrates the potential for gene-edited animals to contribute to state coercion. So basically, it's a lot there. What basically they're saying is that they, they've been using a technology to genetically modify animals so an animal can grow a human organ so they can sell, basically. Okay. So basically, the, that's basically it's the same tool that they're using for, to do that is a tool that they want to now use to experiment on humans. Because mm. like, yo, we're, we're growing hearts, we're growing livers in animals that we now can sell for medical use, right? Which is... I, I, I mean, you know, it depends. You know, if, if you're a vegan person, you don't care. About, I mean, you care a lot about killing animals. If you're not a vegan, you probably don't care that much. But 
basically, I think that that's probably a decent thing. If an animal could grow a human heart and they could do a transplant for a human, I think that's beneficial. No, I mean, if, if you don't have to wait online on this long list for, like, a kidney transplant because, like, mm. no one you know can give it to you and you get it from an animal, that's definitely beneficial. But but think about that. Now they want to use the same technology used for that on human people to do the stuff that we're talking about. And people are saying that, like, there's no limits. I mean, listen, I don't mean China, bro. I, I go off what the media says. I mean, I feel like most people go off what the media says. The media is saying there's no limits. There's no limits to what they believe that right now the current state of the Chinese government would do in order to establish dominance. I mean, they already eat dogs, so... Yeah, I mean, hey. that's just—I mean—but that's also a culture thing. It's just in America we have a greater appreciation for dogs than they do. So perhaps in a society where they don't care, yeah, you would see these innovations a little sooner. It's crazy to think because it's like you think of like a, a regular American soldier today. You know, you you go to the you know boot camp. You know, you do all the the intricacies or whatever you do in the army. I'm not gonna act like I know what that is. And you know, you you work really hard. But what if it's not so simple? It's like you enlist in the army today, tomorrow at the hospital, three days later you're a super soldier. Like is that beast, bro? Like do you Sounds like best case scenario? Do you feel like that's the future of of, of combat? Like there's, there's definitely different ways that combat can be translated, especially in the landscape we're in. But in terms of like on a soldier standpoint, do you feel like technology, whether it's either I'm giving you some type of robotic capabilities or biologically I'm gonna advance you, do you feel like that's the future of soldiers in warfare? Yeah, I mean, people already have bionic arms and legs. But, like, not the average sort. I feel like the average person has, like, a bionic something is, like, someone who had a disability. But, yes. So, like, if that's commercial, in essence. Gotcha. I would assume that military tech is above what's commercial grade. Commercial grade is what's mass produced Mm. versus military, I would assume they have top top tier technology. Yo, you ever saw the, the, um, the movie War Dogs? Sounds familiar. Jonah Hill? I don't think so. Dang, you you gotta watch that. I probably have. I'm not not gonna spoil it if you haven't seen it, but basically it just reminds me of like like this idea of getting government contracts. Yeah. And it's like, yo, if you could create a robotic arm and then you sell it to the government, yo, you're you're rich, bro. If you could create any way to like genetically modify the American soldier and then you get a government contract, that's easily a $1 trillion contract. Exactly. Like, they're, like, you know, like, wholesale real estate. is completely off topic, but just mm. real quick. Like, wholesale real estate, there's, like, government contract flipping that are, like, there are leases available to the public. I couldn't even look. It was too advanced, but that just that's a quick sidetrack. Yeah, I mean, I can see how someone could do that. Cause once you secure the contract, at that point, you probably could sell the contract you to an actual so company that can actually do it. You make so much money. I don't know how you began to do it, but it's, like, a thing, no, apparently. I mean, you'd have to, you know. Like, I that's think you'd have to know some people. But yeah, no, you, you definitely would. But like, even like on the idea, like we just talked about just now, about like this idea of like the Chinese super soldier. But like that, and it sounds kind of wild in in theory to think of like, oh, you're gonna have like a, a crazy, futuristic soldier doing a whole bunch of wild nonsense, right? Mm. But the idea of like even in today's like idea of like biotechnology or like biology being used as a strategy. We're living in it right now. Like, we're literally filming this during COVID-19, right? And, like, the, the the whole thing is, like, a vaccine is coming out soon. You know, a lot of companies have gotten to the point where they're testing, like, almost finalizing, you know, 95% effectiveness, 90% effectiveness, things like that, right? But even just this, before we step back from, like, even, like, the actual science of it, do you feel like, honestly, like, the COVID-19 situation was politicized? 
I mean, I, like in terms of politicized, mm. absolutely. Is it something that the average person should be concerned of day to day? To some degree, yes. I don't think it should uh, fully ruin anyone's livelihoods, but there are certain precautions we have to take because there's some groups of people who are more at risk. But mm-hmm. I do think there are certain political characters who are using it for, like, I don't want to say power, but aren't taking it as seriously as, like, an average American has to. So, like, there are many instances of, like, people like Governor Newsom or, or whoever, or even Cuomo, honestly, here in New York, mm-hmm. just um, being seen in public, not... Not following protocol. The exact protocols that they're forcing... On others, yeah. So many people do. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's been politicized. I'm curious to hear your thoughts about uh, whether, like, the shutdown should... Should it have been this prolonged, or should it... Uh, have been like a more abbreviated ver- abridged version version and in addition to that um is that also a negative effect of capitalistic society like are we too concerned about our economic livelihoods mm. that we can't even properly address uh an issue this big so in terms of do i feel like with the length of the, the shutdown i think that this the virus was writ large was definitely over politicized i feel like once people saw that this was something that was affecting the whole society that people realized oh this is a great way to get people on a specific camp we just got to make sure we make a decision that's in the best interest and i think that if you if you appeal to the side of the most empathetic side i think that that most more times than not you're going to get the best response because everybody wants to feel like they're being taken care of or at least heard out i feel like most people want to have some sort of connection with someone who is technically in power so if you're a politician and you're in, in a, a leadership position and I'm an everyday citizen, I want you to feel like you care about me. Mm-hmm. So if your response to it comes from an empathetic standpoint, which you're empathizing with people who could potentially lose someone or potentially could lose their own life, then you automatically place yourself in a position that is more advantageous to someone who you could potentially be in a political contest with. So I feel like to that degree, it has been politicized. And the fact that, listen, I'm just going to come out and say the wildest thing. Like, listen, shut everything down. We got we got people we got to care about. Mm-hmm. Every single thing you see, shut everything down. Masks, gloves, spray hand sanitizer 10,000 times. I'm not personally going to do it because I don't think it's that necessary. Mm-hmm. But I feel like what the public needs to hear is the most empathetic standpoint. Nah, and to go off that, like, I remember, like, Nancy Pelosi, there's, like, footage of her, like, going to, like, some, like, hair salon with, like, mm-hmm. no mask, pe- the Owners of the salon are like, you got to wear the mask. She's like, nah, or whatever. Mm. And it's like, right beforehand, is you're telling everyone we need to shut down. I agree with you. I'm mm. thinking we want to we wanna save the most lives. I'm like putting you on a pedestal for being so like morally focused. Like, this is what we need to do for others. And I'm, I'm aboard that vision. Then I see you just with total disregard for that. It's like, oh, so maybe you're just a politician. Now, you're, maybe you're just saying what you need to say and then doing what you want to do. Yeah, no, no, and I completely agree. And even, like, the whole idea of, like, the, the capitalistic aspect of it, too, which is crazy. Why? You know Governor Cuomo came up with a book? I did, yes. About this? Yes. I feel like there's nothing more capitalistic than that. Like, I really want to be honest. Like, this guy is selling a book during a pandemic about the pandemic. 
Yeah. Like, that seems very capitalistic. I'm not going to say that was his intention. He could have genuinely wanted to, you know, disseminate some great information. Mm. I'm not going to say at all that's why he, he's coming with capitalistic views. Mm. But I'm saying, how you're the governor, you write a book, now you're selling a book, and now you're going on the media to talk about a virus while they're I'm pretty sure the book was book. also, like, how to, like, properly, like, he's, like, it's kind of mm. as if he, like, like, reacted flawlessly to the situation when New York was, like, an absolute hot spot for the longest time. Like, so many, just not, we could have done better, and that could be the result of the bottom level, not just uh, the people at top, but to come out with a book, additionally, it's just, like, and the thing is, I support the getting the book, like, get the back. Yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously, Do what you gotta yeah. do, but then don't come to me and... Not even come to me. It's not like I have my own small business. I, that, yeah. I, and I think that's the greatest concern. But what, what, what's the what's the book? Nah, so I'm put a picture of the screen too over here. So basically, the book is called American Crisis, Leadership Lessons. I don't even know what that little small part says. But Leadership Lessons from the Corona, the COVID-19 Leadership pandemic. Lessons. Okay. So basically, I don't, I don't know what his point was. The thing is that, that throws me off is he was thrown into a, a larger like role i guess as a, as a part of the pandemic like there's global coverage of Cuomo now. he's he's a he's a pretty big guy at this point mm. like cnn has him on like here and there you know i actually love him. those right him and his brother brother having some, some good banter you know on cnn and now after he gained so much popularity in the middle of when he's shutting down the economy people is barely able to you know there's people who are actually genuinely suffering from like a small business standpoint not saying that you know you should say small business over health or anything like that but i'm saying there's people who are generally suffering and this guy chooses this as the opportune time to release a book that is selling on google play for 15 dollars wait click this one which one there's no way that's a book nah i don't think this is cuomo a book. america's sexiest governor and it's nah. like a photoshopped image of like a ripped like arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> Andrew Cuomo. Nah, I, I think that this is, this is just I'm trying to make fun of him. Nah, that's pretty funny. Because on Walmart, you can do a whole bunch of nonsense. But it's just, it's like, it's crazy how, how much this, this situation is. And, and once again, to say, like, the whole idea of, like, shutting down and remaining open, mm. I feel like a lot of people who push the remaining open standpoint is just, I feel like that's a flaw of capitalism. Like, the fact that I feel like in a more collective society where you, like, everyone is, like, in it together, that would not even be something you, you would even fathom it's like yo if a disease is hurting people and you have a collective society and everybody is helping fund something it's like yo if you can't go to work we have the funds because we're still operating over here we're still doing this that we're gonna make sure you're good but i feel like in a capitalistic society that could potentially be a flaw is the fact that everyone is kind of making their own living and everyone is kind of pursuing their own goal so you can't really rely on another person to be able to fund your livelihood in a capitalistic society so something like shutting down is actually very detrimental to your life, especially if you spent years building a small business and you guys are, you know, doing decent revenue. Mm. And then it's like, yep, get that out of here. Boop, no more revenue for you. It's like, yo, what am I going to do now? Like, this is the society we live in. Yeah, and it's not, but, so I agree with you to the point where, <clears throat> okay, so maybe the capitalistic side has put us in a situation where we can't even focus on issues like this as much because we're too worried about the incentives of, like, profit. Right over other people's livelihoods in terms of health mm. but one of the biggest concerns with small business is that mm. while they might have revenue it's typically and this is common throughout most small businesses it's typically like you have enough revenue to pay the bills to pay the workers and maybe a little bit 
uh, additional afterwards for reinvestment purposes. But when you have several months of no revenue, perhaps you're still paying workers and like you're definitely still paying like the fixed cost of like keeping the like shop like maintenance. Mm. It's like at that point, there essentially just becomes a time when you're shut down for good. Not because one day society won't return back to normal, but even once it does, you will no you no longer have the capital to take care of that. Could you still have a family to worry about? It, like the main point is, there's a lot of small businesses that like after COVID will not return. Yeah, for sure. But because the people who argue the fact that let's say let's say like let's remain open in these situations, hmm. their motives I would say are primarily profit. Yeah. And I guess my question would be, do you feel like without COVID, those small businesses that are going to shut down would have remained or was it an inevitable end for them anyways? I guess if you're asking if small businesses didn't exist, if that wasn't a con to this whole situation, would this be, would people be as much of a proponent to bring back the, like, open up? Probably not. But mm. because it is... I think it's like a valid concern that like people are faced because people have made livelihoods off, especially when it's a small, it's not like a franchisee. Mm. Like it's like a small business. Like they've life saving. They've devoted their, all their resources most likely to whatever it is. This is how they, this is their livelihood. Mm. You shut that down then you're also shutting down their life. Mm. And, but it absolutely is uh, a con of capitalism because like people set up their lives based off of their jobs. I mean, it makes sense. You get the, you get the greens, you got the car, maybe you get the girl at the end of the day. Like, <laughs> that's kind of how the capitalist society goes. Okay. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people who won't get the green, the girls, and the cars for uh, several years after this. And some who may never see that again. That's crazy, bro. And but like, that is all the product of the capitalist society pros no, and cons no. for sure no for sure I, I definitely i definitely agree with that too and like this whole idea of like the the, the mask wearing situation like mm. i'm not even really gonna get too deep into it. i only brought it up because i feel like that's something that's been heavily politicized for whatever reason i personally don't see why anyone would oppose wearing a mask mm. but i mean that's just me uh i don't know i mean i guess it's just like for me like, I'm going to speak for myself. I mean, I feel like everybody has their different differing opinions on the situation. But for me personally, I feel like if I could wear a mask and it could potentially stop me from affecting someone in any negative way, that's that's something I don't mind doing. But mm. I feel like people make it this very big spectacle, like, you're not going to control me. Mm. It's like, bro, I, I don't think anybody's trying to tell you you can't yeah. like live your life. But it's like, I think it's just a garment. I had a conversation with a buddy of mine the other day about this. It was like... um. Right now, there's, like, a group of people, and it's kind of like when a certain group of people don't follow a rule, and then everyone gets in trouble. So, it like, kind of throws it back to, like, when you're in school, perhaps the kids in the back were talking. Or sports. Oh. Or, or sports, or even, but but check me out. Mm. Maybe, like, the kids in the back were talking, and then, like, the whole class gets in trouble. Maybe, like, you're in trouble for recess. The problem is, there, were, there was a certain point for many years of my life where I was that kid. But now... That kid that was making the whole class suffer? Maybe like, but like, maybe I'm being a class count clown. Everyone's laughing. Maybe right, the right. rest of the class isn't actively engaged, but they definitely, to some degree, support it. Okay, but okay. now that's not the case in terms of those kids in the back of class aren't those same kids who are being class clowns. They're like, gotcha. now it's like redneck hillbillies who are like 
flat earth. Like right, I'm being right. I'm being very straightforward here. Yeah, with, yeah no, with this respectfully. Point. It's like before it's like maybe like putting a finger up to authoritative figures was kind of cool or funny at least, maybe not cool, but the, mm. now to some degree it's like when it actually puts other people's lives at risk, it's no longer like it's not funny. You're not a class clown. You're just a clown. Yeah, I guess. yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. No, that's a perfect point. Cause like I understand the 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 point. Like you perfectly just said is like you want to stick it to the government, or stick it to yeah. the establishment. I'm so anti-establishment, anti-government, whatever. And sometimes right? not even that deep. I don't have my seatbelt on when I drive. Fine, okay, that's right. a harm to yourself. Okay, right. exactly. And it's like. What what is really the point? Like my my thing that I just genuinely understand is like what is really the point? I understand that most people who hold this view is like if I give them power in the small things, I give them power in the big things. It's like all right, I get where you're coming from, and I get the whole standpoint where it's like oh, there should be no, there should never be a mandate that says I have to do anything that the government is forcing me to do. It's my body, blah 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 blah, which goes into a whole another pathway I'm ever trying to go down. But it's like. I guess that's that's where their their mind is like start small they're gonna take bigger things. But all right, so here's where it goes too far though. Mm. When you say you can't have Thanksgiving with your family, that to me is too far, because okay, okay, yes, maybe in years prior, and this actually isn't the case for me, but mm. I've been to gatherings like this for Thanksgiving. Mm. All right, maybe in the past there's like twenty thirty people for Thanksgiving. They're all, they're coming from all over. It's like once or twice a year. Maybe the one after is Christmas. Like. You have family over, and perhaps in today's day and age, that isn't as okay. Mm. But why are you making it illegal? Isn't aren't shouldn't there at least be enough faith in like the people of society to be like, all right, maybe this year I won't have grandma and grandpa over for Thanksgiving because it's not it's not the best thing to do this year. I don't want to put anyone at risk. It, that when you, I guess when you make it. So when you're trying to say you can't do this, we're just we have your best interest in mind. Well, no, I, I'm still an individual. I can like find my best interest myself. That to me is when it be, gets slightly too far, and it's only after a year. If COVID went on for several more years, I honestly don't know. I mean, it's not. We have vaccines now. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But I at least to some degree understand the argument of a precedent, but not with the mask. Yeah, for sure. And I'm happy you brought up that point just now. On the idea of being able to be smart enough to make a decision. Because that's the thing that a lot of people argue today is like, does the government not trust the population to make a rational decision? Clearly because not. a lot of things in a lot of situations, there's a lot of third party intervention in everyday life because there's a notion that the everyday person can't make a decision. It's, for example, a perfect example is this idea of censorship, censoring for misinformation. That, that whole concept of censoring misinformation is off of the premise that they don't believe that the average citizen is smart enough to say this information is false or come to a logical conclusion after deductive reasoning to say, I don't think that this is true. So they're like, rather than putting the burden on someone else to use their intelligence to say something is not true, we're just going to take it off, mm-hmm. even if it might have truth to it. If they can say, we don't think this is true or we don't they think this is harmful information, we're not going to let the average consumer of our platform make that decision. We'll make it for you. Mm-hmm. Which is a, it's just, it's a dangerous game to play. For sure. No, I mean, like, I just, if there's a certain point where there needs to be some consistency because, like, mm-hmm. there's cigarettes, or, cigarettes are killing people. Mm-hmm. 
over decades and decades, we're going to continue to let that happen. Alcohol is obviously really bad in terms of abuse. The opioid addiction, like, we're getting better, and there are laws against it. But there's just so many different things in society that, like, people engage in self-destructive acts mm. where we, like, turn a blind eye because those have profits. But right now, the profit would be in, like, I can't even, like, go down that road. But essentially, it's, like, there. if there was consistency, I couldn't argue with it. For but sure. there's not. It's, it's yeah, very... No. Even an idea of consistency, but I'm gonna say this one time, and I mean it based on my current understanding of the world. I'm gonna say this every podcast episode, just in case somebody ever tried to quote me on some like ten years ago type timing. Based on my current understanding of the world, I uh, believe yeah, I like all that. drugs should be legalized. Who just did that though? Was it Oregon? Some state just, just made all drugs. All drugs. I just I think I think it's the most logical thing. I honestly I think it's a slap in the face to not have them legalized. For you to say that I'm not smart enough to choose not to do something that's harmful to myself actually kind of makes me mad. I mean, and if I choose to make that decision, who are you to tell me I can't? We maybe, both live on the same earth. Literally, maybe you're not getting tight, bro. Maybe you're not, but like mm. then you're gonna suffer. You're gonna reap the repercussions, and then someone who didn't make that decision is gonna likely succeed. Like, pass you. And if that's the case, that's the case. But, like, I agree. But hear me here. Me and you are both on the same earth, right? The president of the United States so. is no different than me and you, right? I the queen of England is no different than me and you. In uh, terms of biological makeup. Yeah. I would assume, right? Who is anybody to tell me I can't do something if we all live in the same earth? This is, a, this is just, like, something I genuinely question all the time. There's certain things that I feel like the majority of society thinks is ridiculous. Like, you shouldn't just go around just straight shooting people in the head. Like, I feel like most people say that as well, right? But in terms of drugs, right? Who is somebody else to tell me I can't do something off of the premise that they're like, oh, I think it's bad for you. Great. I think a lot of things are bad for me and I still do it. Don't tell me what to do. Like, mm-hmm. we are we are the same. You are a human the same way I am. I am a human. You, who are you to tell me what to do? Just because a lot of other people thought you were cool and wanted to vote for you? Okay, like, don't tell me what to do. I just my personal standpoint on it. I think all drugs should be legal. All right, all drugs should be legal, but the only argument about who are you to tell me what you do, we do, our society is set up in a way where yeah, yeah, these yeah, people, yeah. T- so a teacher has to tell their student to do, cops has to tell me what the laws are. The laws we can debate, but he is in a position to tell me what to do, I guess. And they do go too far, as we've seen in 2020. Mm. And then the president would be the overarching guy. Even though the past four years, there are a lot of people who would be like, who are you? The time we do, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, even when I was a student, bro, I, when it comes to teachers, I, I used to ask the same question. I'm like, yo, who are you telling me to do, bro? I was like, yo, you. Anyways, that, that's for another story. Shout out to my teachers. But um, this idea also is like, I feel like the vaccine is like being used as like this this kind of like capital. Do you feel like, okay, let me, let me work this in the proper way. There's definitely economic impacts of a vaccine, right? In a positive way, in certain situations, right? There's obviously companies right now that are creating vaccines right now, trying to do do what's best for the society and create a vaccine that's going to help cure the most people or help prevent a lot of the hysteria around COVID-19, right? But my thing is, if everyone would need a vaccine, right, will the government, is the government paying for this? Like, is the government paying for it? They are, yeah. right? So if the government is paying for it, this is basically the one of the easiest capital plays I would ever say. Because like, if I'm a company and I'm creating a vaccine, I already know once I secure the vaccine, I secure easy billions, billions of dollars. Because you have to make sure your whole your whole population can get it. 
300 million Americans plus, right, have to get administered a vaccine. I think the, the last figure I had saw with vaccine was like $20 or something, right? It's easily billion dollars something plus of, the, of money that's going to these companies. What stops a company in the future for saying, let me just, you know, cook up something in the lab in my, you know, let me just release a little. Uh, and the thing is, the, the thing that's crazy is like they don't even generally have to release something. They just have to create a hype that there is something. So here's the yeah no yeah here's it, the thing. Are we not trying okay. no 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 I got okay you. okay okay here's the thing so yeah if theoretically after 2020 I see there's we got Operation Warp Warp Speed we got every country in the world donating like millions to billions probably of dollars to make sure this vaccine comes out within the year it's a highly profitable business uh, it's also a highly efficient business we have a uh, Pfizer comes out with 95 percent effective vaccine. Mm. If in the future you have connects hmm. and maybe you got your boy in Wuhan, okay. and then you're like, yo, bro, I'm going to just slide. Bro, the same way there's like on the street, you dab them up, uh, slide you the quick dose, um, drop the. This is up. This is absolutely, it's not actually okay. But yeah, you, no, no, no. I dab you up. And this in is the very, wildest world. In the wildest world. It's just like we're, we're trying to hit both sides. Of the extreme, so we can find some place in the middle and apply logic to all aspects of that. Mm. But that, but my boy in Wuhan, he drops the dose and that that bat soup, that fire. Apparently, over there in China, they Literally love that. They love fire. that bat soup. I don't know. I might need to try it myself. Actually, not anymore after what happened. Uh, but you drop the quick one drop, two drops, quick Bill Cosby on the popul the entire population, <laughs> and then suddenly. But now, now check this, uh, and just take that one step further, and not too many steps further, but one step. Mm -hmm. Now I know what I'm about to drop. I already know what this does on like maybe my uh, lab mice back at uh, back at back HQ. At, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm following. I'm following. Uh, yeah, so I, I know what it does to the lab mice back at HQ, and I know I, now I have the antidote as well. We've seen this in movies. It's like you poison your nemesis, and you say, uh -huh. "Oh, but you want the antidote, don't you?" Ah, we, that's we've, crazy. We've I seen, like that. I like that a lot. We've seen these archetypes like that a lot. before. It's almost as, as if they like uh, they just make the utmost sense. So I know how these lab mice respond to this in this environment, and I know what heals them. Mm. I, I talked to my boy in Wuhan, Xingqiang Li. That's mm. actually a friend of mine's name, so that's not racist. Yeah. Um, and uh, then he drops in two, three, let's say four months later, right, right. it's all over. <gasps> Wait, I've actually been studying this exact strain. Come out right. with the, the the care the elixir yeah the elixir no it's crazy because you know, suddenly I'm several billion do dollars richer that's crazy should anyone do that no it would a psychopath who potentially is only incentivized by money do that I I could see that are there psychopaths that exist in the people world people argue that capitalists are psychopaths that are literally incentivized by money. I personally would not like to take that route. I feel like most capitalists, you know, regardless, yes, they they make money, but I feel like they generally go into business trying to create a product or create a solution that they feel like could best serve society. Yes, there's people that that go in with negative intentions or going with the wrong intentions, we would say, which is just the money. But I, I feel like the average person in business doesn't go in with the mindset of like, I'm just going to take advantage of Let me give society. a quick anecdote, which is slightly tarnishing to myself. My mm -hmm. character, but it was because I was a young boy. I was the beginning of high school. I was okay. actually like 13 or 14, and there was a girl who liked me. Uh, we had some fun or whatever. 
right, right, right. cross type situation. Mm. And at a certain point, I was no longer interested, but I didn't want to just cut her off like straight through. So right. what I did was have my boy actually scheme on her to pick her up. So what you see here is from her point of view, she actually just did something wrong. She like she was that's, with that's one nice person. Point. I like it. She was with one person, and then on the side, is it does this make me psychopathic? No, I don't know. No, but but that's 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 always different though. To some degree, I think everyone has a story in their life that might to uh, slightly resonate with uh, maybe some sort of schemey tactic. Some sort of some people call it finesse. Oh, but, I like the term finesse. Let's use it. And in the end. She was, she was, she was like apologizing because she got my friend. Little did she know this is all yeah. the ploy in the end. Yeah. It's all I'm saying is like, I and I've grown since then. That was a terrible thing to do. I'm sorry if you're watching this. You might even know it, but you're not. But <laughs> the yeah, point is, if you have certain motives and you're in the right uh, part of uh, a chess match, perhaps bishops e9, and yeah. I can like move it over. Like now I got your. There's just a certain point where leverage presents itself in mysterious ways to the point where you would other otherwise probably not have made that decision. It, it, that and huh. additionally, the person who it would receive harm from that is not even privy to the situation. So like oh, that's yeah, just I one quick anecdote, and we'll we'll bounce off that. But it's like, is that evil? Maybe. Is no. it genius? Absolutely. No, no, I definitely get it. I feel like. With with this situation specifically, I feel like a lot of people were able to capitalize on it, but they necessarily in everything else in a different a better situation, they would not have chosen this opportunity. Do I feel like in the future they could be potentially people that's like in the, the movies, back to the idea of like art imitating reality in the movies where it's like, let's concoct some crazy, crazy thing and then have the elixir where they have to pay us X billion dollars to get it. Yeah, they, they might be. We will hope that ethically that, that there will be no one like this, but hopefully that there, there's certain ways in whether it's like government transparency or whether it's some type of thing where it's like if you have a research lab, you're at people can at least understand what you're doing, so the general public can have some type of be comfortable what's going on to some degree. And and I don't know what the perfect solution would be, but I definitely think that's something that probably should be looked at more, especially as we've seen how COVID was politicized and used for economic gain in certain ways. Yeah, I mean at the end of the day, I honestly don't think there's much we can do about that. I think that's, like, part of the human archetype. Like, we keep repeating, like, throughout this, like, with movies. So, like, yeah, sure, we take it to the extreme in movies where there's, like, this super villain. He has, like, this ulterior motive. But sometimes the movie goes a little bit deeper. And at the core, like, mm. there's, like, a silver lining that kind of justifies it. And in the movies, you have to make it extreme for the audience. But it's an archetype based off, of like, like, the human mindset that at certain situations, you might take advantage of, like, some opportunity that's pre presented to yourself. Nah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And before we transition into the, the this, this capitalism talk that we're going to get into today, is this idea, too, of, like, the, like you said, like, extremist thing. I feel like we just live in a world today where it's, like, the, anything extreme is going to get the most publicity. Like, on any, any aspect. Even if it's something today, if it's something that's small... But the like the media or like people who cover it can make it like this spectacle is gonna get there. Mm. Like I feel like anything like the most extreme views. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I feel like in society today, there's a lot of people that are here, 
There's very, very little people that are here and here, but these people get the most spotlight. Because it's interesting. It's like, yo, you're all the way here? What? Let's, yeah. let's, 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 let's broadcast this. You're all the way here? Let's broadcast this. But I feel like the general like, majority of society is literally right here. No, I agree. And it, it's crazy because it, it, it makes this divisiveness. It, it makes things way more extreme than they need to be. It's what makes situations literally amplified that should not be amplified. It's like, what? You said that? This person thinks this? It's mm-hmm. like, no. They're like very little people on these polar opposite sides that are super extreme and they're going to get broadcasted and the majority of people that literally are in the middle are just like, <gasps> and then if, especially if you're like in the middle over here, you're like, oh no, you're crazy on this side. If you're in the middle right here, you're crazy on this side. The whole time, you guys are probably closer together than you are yeah. further apart. No, I think I've said it before, this whole election has been, I think it was in the last election, polls are off and it's because they realized political participation was low. And it, it was a result of a lot of people lying in the middle. Sure, there were the outliers, mm. which make up a smaller subset of, like, this group of people who would vote. Mm. So what do you do at that point as a politician? I mean, your main goal is to get the vote. Obviously, next is to actually fulfill the promises of that vote. Mm. But the next election, four years later, 2020, is to be as extreme as possible. And that's why, that's why we've seen this, like, such polarized environment in terms of it's not just, oh, I don't agree with you, let's talk, which probably what it was like eight to 12 years ago. Mm. Now it's like, oh, you're on that side? You're a racist, bigot, yeah, snowflake yeah. on both sides. Like, it's all. Yeah, on both sides. The name calling has gotten to a level that's crazy from both sides. Honestly. And it's like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. You don't agree with me. And that's yeah. why I'm proud to say today that I'm independent. And based on my current understanding of the world, I'm independent. I, I'm, I'm literally going to say that every time I make a statement that I feel mm. like in the future, I might not be. Basically, today I'm independent though. I mean, if you have if you have the same opinions as you did ten years ago, then you probably didn't grow. Exactly, so. that's what I'm saying. If I grow and like I, I lean one way or the other or n- some different way, just know based on my current understanding of the world today, I identify yep. as independent. But let's get into the capitalism talk. Basically, the overarching question for today is, is capitalism the cause of all of America's problems? That's basically what a lot of people are saying today. I personally don't hold that sentiment, but I'm just going to basically say we're going to get into what is capitalism, what are the pros, what are the cons, some of the key takeaways, and then we have two overarching questions about capitalism that we're going to answer at the end. So let's get into it. The definition of capitalism. Capitalism is an economic system based on private ownership of the means of production and their operation for profit. Central characteristics of capitalism include capital accumulation, competitive markets, a price system, private property, and the recognition of property rights, voluntary exchange, and wage labor. Basically, the average person can be able to own private property. Mm-hmm. Basically, and a private means of production when it comes to economic means of control. So, example, if Chris wants to start a business, he can start a business, and he'd be able to be producing for the economy. If I want to start a business, I can create it, I can be producing for the economy. Some of the key takeaways is in capitalism, owners control the factors, like I just said, owners control the factors of production and derive their income from it. Capitalism incentivizes people to maximize the amount of money they can earn through competition. Competition is the driving force of innovation as individuals create ways to accomplish tasks more efficiently. Let's get into the pros and cons. We're going to go through them right now. If you agree, disagree, or any thought about it, right? Mm. First pro. Pro of capitalism. Incentivizes. Wait. Incentives to be rich encourage innovation. Not a doubt. You, Absolutely. you agree? Absolutely. No, 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 no contest at all? Not, not even slightly. I agree. I agree. I feel like capitalism does that. Firms have incentives to be efficient. 100%. 100% There's a agree? slight 
but not enough to even it's not even worth my question about this is what what is considered efficient is efficient in terms of like efficient is reducing costs maximizing profit doing whatever we need it whatever corners we need to cut which might come at a cost environmentally socially Mm -hmm. to maximize profit we're going to be the most efficient and but that's only with regards to profitability does efficiency take into account the maximum satisfaction of the customer as well absolutely not but if the firm deems that customer satisfaction is the most important thing to profit, then yeah, profit comes first, and however you define the definition of profit comes after. So if uh, you deem you. that customer satisfaction is the most important thing, then absolutely. But in, uh, You'll find the most efficient way to get the customer satisfied. Yes, I get but you, if I get that's you. not the case, then no. I got you, I got you. But typically it is. All right, consumers are free to choose the products they desire as a pro of capitalism. So customer flexibility. No, typically you decide. Oh, yeah, in terms of capitalism, yes. Mm. Yeah, on the individual firm level, no, but... Listen, I want to go a little bit more about what that means, the freedom to choose the products they desire. So on a, the most simple level, I want to ship my package out. Should mm. I use UPS, FedEx, or some other third thing? I have the mm. option. Or better than that, uh, let me get a burger... I'm hungry. Should I go to Shake Shack, Five Guys, or this other thing? Mm. If you were smart, you'd pick Shake Shack. And I'm going to skip two down a little bit, too. Like, better alternatives for customers. I feel like that kind of ties into what you're you're saying. Yeah, this is... Because if you didn't even want that burger from there, you go get another better alternative somewhere else. This is simple economic theory, and it also bounces off the thing we just touched on before in terms of each product has a substitute. So... Do I want Shake Shack, Five Guys, or McDonald's fast food? Or Chick-fil-A. Shout out Chick-fil-A. Maybe I don't have enough time on my hands. I'll get Mm. McDonald's right now. But if I want that quality, I'm going to go Shake Shack. There's different uh, needs and uh, preferences for certain situations. And that's when those things kick in, which also requires that place to be the most efficient at doing what they're doing. No, no, I I 100% agree. I I think that this list... Honestly, this looks like off the internet, honestly. No, I mean... And you, I, you I think they did a, a good job. It says, prevents large bureaucratic governments. Uh, elaborate. I don't know that. I means. feel like what they're saying is, like, in terms of... With other economic theories, it's, like, the idea of, like, having more government intervention. And in order to do that, you have to create more government, like, groups. And so, like, for example, uh, 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 example of a government bureaucracy of, like... I'm a, I'm a Google one. Like, there's, like, right. national agencies that, that handle stuff. Like, I'm a Google right now, bureaucratic. I was literally just looking at the other day, but I, I can't think of one right now. Bureaucratic agencies. Examples, right? So, for example, if a bureaucratic agency is NASA, right? So, SpaceX. Yeah, but SpaceX is privately, privately Yeah, that's, that's my, like... Yeah, yeah that'll yeah, be, yeah. be the contrast. So, it'll be NASA versus SpaceX. I feel like most people argue that SpaceX could potentially do what NASA could do in a more efficient and effective way no arguments there anyone who tries to argue against me on that is going to be wrong because literally spacex is not funding <laughs> spacex is literally not funding stuff for nasa yeah, that's just how it goes private private privatized companies are they have like a certain direction versus governments are like restricted to like certain regulations laws that have to go through bipartisan support all these this, that, and the other. And, a lot and of the, hurdles. And that's the government, hurdles. government's already slow to make decisions. So, yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt. So, yeah. So, you, you would agree that it's a pro that capitalism helps avoid some of these bureaucratic agencies that could potentially be slower in producing results. 100%. 
All right, perfect, perfect. So we're we're five for five on the pros for 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 capitalism. Honestly, I feel like it goes without saying. Like, listen, this is a business podcast. We like no, business. but trust me, like I'm your like uh, podcast devil's advocate. Like, nah, for I sure, see for even sure. the slightest like outcome, but no, hunt, we're we're on the same page. Here. And I'm telling you, I I, I have no holes barring like to say. Bro, I'm I'm very capitalistic by nature, and it's just kind of like business. I, I feel like it, capitalism. How dare you? Nah, I'm I, mean, how, yeah. nah, I mean honestly, by me even saying that, I just put myself in as like a as like the most evil person in the world. Yeah, you just got. Canceled. I just literally probably just, honestly honestly might have just literally got canceled for saying that. I support nah. capitalism, but um, the audience knows better. But um, before we get into the cons, we're gonna take a quick break and we come back. All right, so we're back. So now we we just finished talking about the pros of capitalism, cons of capitalism. We didn't talk about the cons here. We're going to get into the cons right now. But before we get into that, also a pro of capitalism that people say is like this idea of meritocracy. So I'm going to read the actual definition of what meritocracy is, just in case anyone is not aware of what meritocracy is. It's a political system in which economic goods or and or political power are vested in individuals on the basis of talent, effort, achievement, rather than wealth or social class Advancement in a system is based on performance as a measure through examination or demonstrated achievement. So basically saying that the people that are putting in the most work, the people that are the most talented, and we say talented basically like they're they're studying the most, they're learning the most, and they're developing themselves the most, should be the people in charge of a certain system. Is that an ideology that you uh, that you support or you think it's, is detrimental? Uh, I couldn't even begin to think of one... Well, maybe at least one argument that's detrimental, but mm-hmm. mostly what comes to mind is nothing but like this is like kind of keen to human nature. So if and I'm gonna give a couple quick examples. So that I'm a recent college graduate. If I'm playing beer pong with someone, typically you have a partner, and I see they're always hitting cups. Mm-hmm. You just demonstrated your achievement. I want you on my team. I want you to join. It's like a this degree of trust. Or in the NBA, you got a kid who's going off in college. He's constantly scoring baskets. Now let me bring you up to the next level, and now more opportunities will present themselves. So like, I can't really fathom a society that fully orchestrates itself off of no demonstrated achievement. Like, if you have merit and you have a track record of that, then I'm more likely to, A, accept you into whatever's going on here, mm. and B, just, it, it just makes more sense that that would be the case. Like, why, why wouldn't you want for some uh, verification? When you get a job, they want to see your arrest records, uh, you're, like, you want to drug test you. These are all different degrees of merits to in order to build trust initially so we can move on to the next step. So absolutely, I agree with meritocracy. What about you? Yeah, me personally, I, I completely agree. I feel like the, especially in a situation where you're having someone who's going to be leading something, whether it's a business, whether it's an initiative, whatever the situation might be, you want to have someone who you can trust is going to do that in the best possible way. And I feel like merit is a perfect way to, to determine that. If you see someone has a history, you know that, listen, if I give this person the power, for example, we vote for a political, you know, people who are in politics, right? Mm. Not always is it based on merit. As a, Some as would argue be. this past president had no merit. For sure. And I would, I would agree. I feel like in, in most situations that the average person would want to pick someone who has some type of, of result or some or shows that they're capable to do what they're going to do. And I feel like even if you take it back to like, ancient civilizations whereas people hunter and gatherers you want the best person to hunt and gather to go and hunt and gather you want the person that shows listen they came back this person came back with 
two whatever animals. They came, came out with, with two, a whole bunch of food. Two deers, one bear, and like a horse. Exactly. Well, maybe back then they eat that versus the guy who came with like three berries. Exactly. You're like, hey, this, in terms of merit, it's like we're eating because this guy's going mm-hmm. hard. This guy came back. With, we can't even feed anybody. Now I have salmonella because, well, you probably can't get salmonella from berries. But, but now yeah. I have, I'm poisoned because you brought back a poisonous type of berry. Yeah. And it's not beneficial because it's like we're, no one is benefiting from the lack of... Uh, or the incompetence of this person, mm. so it's better to put someone who's c- more competent in that role to, to get it done. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense. But I, one of the before, before you say what you can say, I was gonna say exactly what you're about to say, but different. But continue. Yeah, I one of tell. the biggest con, I guess, issues de- issues, yeah, against meritocracy is the fact that not everyone has an equal opportunity to mm-hmm. reach a level of merit. Yes. And that's the thing people say. It's like, yes, obviously, I probably could be one of the best hunter hunters or one of the best people that's gonna produce the most. But I haven't had the opportunities to learn in a way that's gonna make that beneficial for me, or I haven't had the opportunities in which you know through through trial and error to get to a position where I'm the best at what I what I could be mm. if I had those opportunities. And yeah, so that that goes plays well into what I was about to say. So mm. like, in my personal life, like. After you come out of college, you have a resume, you have all these uh, experiences, hopefully, ideally. But I remember in my case, I had, like, a few, but it wasn't something that would compare to, like, the likes of someone whose, like, father was an investment banker at XYZ Company. And so in that situation, that person is more likely, based off of merit, to Mm. uh, take it up to the next level of society. Mm. So in the situation of the hunter-gatherer, perhaps one person was colorblind and they kept bringing in the poison berries because they couldn't see. That's mm-hmm. slightly different because in that scenario, you're, at, you're no, no, legitimately... So. Like di- it though, yeah. But the point is, like, there are scenarios that exist and often in a capitalist society where your opportunities are different from mine. Mm. And I think the opportunities are what should be the focus. Mm. And from there, it's up to you to finesse almost. We brought this word up before mm. to uh, get the outcome. Sometimes better, sometimes worse. Right. But equal outcome itself would be a total disregard of everything prior to you, which would be any merit. So, yeah, sure, I didn't have multiple uh, internships. But this internship, how you could spin it, how you could work off that, what you learned, and you as a character off of that. I think it's way more important than just, all right, well, everyone gets this job. I, I don't know. Uh, that, to me, seems yeah. seems like cheating, almost. I mean, if you, I know you brought up a sports example earlier before. If, if someone's spending 18 hours a day, like Michael Jordan said, he was out, like, every day shooting free throws in his backyard. He would say he made 1,000. He wouldn't stop or something. Some little outlandish number like that is, like, he's literally – working hard to build his merit. So mm-hmm. when he goes out and he shoots three-pointers and they're all cash, it's like he's literally built his merit to that point as opposed to someone to say like, oh, yeah, you should be able to play in the NBA too just because you like you like the sport or you think that you are a contender in this space. I don't think everybody is on the equal playing field which would be beneficial in terms of like producing, I guess in producing basketball would be like entertainment. It's like if some guy's out here, he thinks he's going to basketball, he's breaking every shot. You don't want to watch that. You want to see somebody who's going to come out there 360 dunk because they mm-hmm. put in the time, they train their body in a way, like a LeBron James, even though he's like a natural freak in a way, he also trained himself in a way that he can go out and perform in that way. Mm. 
So I feel like I, I think that the opportunity standpoint, it, it um it is a, a very good criticism of, of the capitalistic sy- uh, system and the fact that not everyone has the the same opportunities to create the merit that is that people would deem valuable in society. But I think that to a certain degree, if you're willing to put in the time necessary and obviously is sacrifices involved, I think that um. I think that most people could potentially get themselves to a, a position where they're deemed to have a decent amount of merit for a, a certain role or opportunity. I mean, like, at the end of the day, and these anecdotes, I feel like best drive the point home because they're very relatable. We all have that friend who is perhaps a ladies' man. You don't mm-hmm. call all your friends ladies' man, for although sure. they might talk to a, a, a bunch of ladies. ladies. Yeah. Those are the equal opportunities. He probably had as many opportunities as the ladies' man. <laughs> Yeah, but the sure. outcome of the ladies' man is a lot different from that guy who wasn't getting it. it yeah, is is the best example that comes to mind right now. No, I, I mean it. Just, it literally just goes to show like skill trumps trumps all. At the end of the day, it's like, and it's, it's a perfect example. You know, you talk to ten girl, he talked to ten girl. You convert eight, he converts two. And it's like, listen, we nah, both had the same opportunities. The <laughs> we're we had the same opportunities. You just didn't convert. And and obviously, there's a lot more nuance when it comes to like the real world applications of what we're talking about. Absolutely. But, but I, at I, the I end of the day, meritocracy is good though. Steph Curry is a better shooter than than me, or than you. me, <laughs> and then both of us. Yeah. So like the numbers don't lie. But yeah, no matter yeah. no matter how many times we get on the court, we're not shooting better than Steph because we, we, we didn't put we've that tackled time. that one. But um. Terms of, let's get into the cons. You know, we're gonna go same same kind of format as before. We're gonna go uh, agree, disagree, any thoughts, right? So cons: firms can gain monopoly power and exploit consumers. You know, there's no longer any initiative to innovate. Do you think that's a, a, a I agree with the con of capitalism? I agree with the can gain monopoly power and exploit customers. I don't fully agree with the incentivizes others to innovate. Mm-hmm. I agree with it to some degree, but I don't fully. So, like, 100% firms, p- places like Amazon absolutely have monopoly on uh, the supplier space for the most part. So, I, I'll of, ask, do you feel like Amazon is still incentivized to innovate? Yes, because Bezos wants more money, even though he's, like, number one richest guy in the world. So, even though if a company has like that's absolute not control of a market, you still believe that they there is still enough incentive there for them to, to on innovate. paper on like normal like economic theory no but someone like bezos and there's many people like that like there's not that many elon too i say elon there's there's a few it comes to a certain point where they're making money they're producing ideas they're so beastly they're going to keep it going even zuckerberg he's not he's not on bezos and uh elon level mm. but like they're doing things that uh prop them up to um uh, what's the word? Monopoly level, mm. and yet they continue to to go forward. And I feel like in this uh, to draw, uh, I feel like a very important like contrast between the two. I feel like Bezos, to a certain degree, is like innovation might not drive him as much as it would for Elon. I feel like for Elon, he yeah, yeah. is definitely with, with the things that he does is definitely very personal to him. It's like if he's creating any type of of car model or anything like that, it's like it's generally like he wants to do it because he believes it's best for society. I feel like Bezos is a lot of the business ventures he takes now is more so for capital and empire sake, and in terms of like solidifying Amazon as the 
the behemoth that it is. But I feel like Elon, no matter what, like everything he does is a hundred percent consumer focused. Mm, no, yeah, Elon t- like has this like moral vibe to him, even though like he could low key be like like the super villain of the show, but it's just like mm. super low key, like chips in your head. We're going out to Mars real quick, and mm. Bezos is like super rich guy. He keeps in. Yeah, all right, here's a distinction. Mm. Bezos comes out with a move, and it just works 100%. Like, he's mm. like, let's do this. Bang, banger. Elon comes out with a move because he's like, society doesn't have this yet. Let's do that's this. Just, it's mm, like, that's exactly. a, it's a it's a distinction, but at the end of the day, they're both just very wealthy people, and they're going to continue to be. So the next con of it is firms with monopsony power can monopsony. pay low wages. That's not, that's not how you pronounce it? I think Monopoly. No, no, the second one. Yeah, no, I see that, but it's... Monopoly. No, no, I think that's generally the word. The, the word is genuine monopsony, bro. I, I don't know. But no, I, it I is. No, I'm telling you. That's, that's the end of the term. A market, which is a, a monopoly. No, oh. a monopsony. So what's a monopoly? A monopoly is when there's one seller. A monopsony is when there's one buyer. I didn't so, realize that was the difference. I always... The, basically, okay, yeah, the yeah. difference is... Yeah. For Amazon... I actually remember skipping this class. If Amazon is a monopoly, what they do is that they're the only person that if you want to get something from from a consumer, right? From a monopsony, is that if you're you're a worker and you need Mm. a job, there's only one place that you could potentially work. No, that 100% makes sense. Didn't even know there was a distinction. Yeah, I I I, I really just found out when I saw this this list of pros and cons. I thought monopoly monopoly was over-encompassing, but I get it. That makes sense. So the monopoly is like, there's no, at that point, there's only one place that you could work. So for Amazon, Amazon has like 150,000 jobs or something like that, right? That they bring into a marketplace. Probably more than that as, as it continues to grow. So it's like, is there any incentive at that point to pay your workers a competitive wage? Rephrase that real quick for So, me. for example, say you have a business, right? You're the only business in the market, right? I need a job. I know that the only place I could work is for you. Okay. Do you now have any incentive to pay me a wage that is decent for my for my livelihood? If you know uh, I, I need you more than anything. Not as much if there's an alternative on the market. I mean, there's that famous example of the guy. It's slightly different because it's not with jobs. The guy who had, like, this, like, life-saving drug. You, like, hiked up prices, like... 500% because he was the only supplier of the market. Mm. So, life-saving drug, people couldn't even afford it before. He rakes up prices. He might have went to jail, actually. But the point was, he was the only person, so he becomes very valuable. Mm. So, in the situation of a job, oh, this is the only job you can get? Mm. I'm not going to pay you that much. Versus if you go somewhere else, but I still need your talent, mm. now I'm no, more willing I'm to pay a little more. Pay. It's like McDonald's. Like I'll, I can take anyone. I'll pay you. I'm not gonna pay you like CEO salary, obviously. Yeah, I, I feel like the the both two cons are kind of intertwined. If you go to Amazon, if Amazon's the only person to supply you something, they they have no incentive to a certain degree to say we're not gonna hike this price up to the highest possible price known to man because mm-hmm. we're the only place you could get it from. I could charge you two thousand dollars for something that really realistically should only be twenty dollars, and you're gonna have to pay it. Come on, we're selling it. And a real interesting, real quick, fun fact about Amazon is in the beginning they actually like lost a lot of money being a supplier to do like same day delivery because like their whole idea was if we can get everyone to just use from us because it was the fastest, they would do the same day shipping or like the day after shipping, mm-hmm. and they were losing so much money. But over time, the quantity of people succeeded the cost. Mm. And that then put them in a position to, to like, monopolize in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah a genius know. move by Bezos. You yeah. beast. No, no, that's kind of wild. 
So in terms of, they say another con is externalities can damage the environment. So basically, in a capitalistic society, there is no incentive or there is no drive to try to protect the economy. The most thing, important thing is profit. So if you can create more profit by doing something kind of damaging to yeah. the environment, that that's a con of capitalism. Now, yeah, we touched on this before indirectly. We said profit, that leads to being the most efficient. But if profit is also a product of your consumer, so whatever the customer wants, then the definition starts to change. And from there, and we're actually having this in society right now where <clears throat> if the customer actually wants to be more health uh, conscious, then that thing might be more profitable. I mean, you see more healthy options being more expensive than the che- cheaper options. And in, in essence, those are becoming more profitable. So as the people now... First, it started off as let's do what the people want. Mm-hmm. Now that people actually care about more uh, the environment, uh, being more health conscious, health conscious, yeah, carbon and taxes and like carbon emissions and things like all that. these different things. And then the final step is that in the end, as a result, for us to gain the most profit is to do what they want, which is to be uh, that response. It's called corporate social responsibility, but in essence, where that's what the consumer wants. We're there for the profit, of course. So but. I would then, I guess, on that sentiment, I would argue that it's not really a con of capitalism, because at the end of the day, if you have to provide what your consumer wants, your consumer wants the most economical, like you know, when it comes to like social corporate social responsibility, they want the best option in that regard. Then, is that really a con of capitalism if you ha- if you have to give them that in order to survive in the market? It's a pro and a con of capitalism because in the past, looking in hindsight, that's been a con. It's like well, this is what we were focused on before, mm. so that's how things are set up. But this is what we're focused on now, so this is where things are going. So I guess over time, without a doubt, it's a pro because mm. it corrects itself. It's like the supply and demand it shifts. This goes up this way. This is going to go up. And like we find that equilibrium versus politics where it's just like this constant push and pull. I do think capitalism at least has this like self-correcting, me- oh, said the mic. self-correcting mechanism where it's like, Oh, these people aren't happy. Oh, this isn't making as much money. It's like equilibrium finds itself over time. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I feel like a lot of things that that people push for different economic systems, a lot of them are based on environmental things or based on a lot of social factors. But I, I would generally argue, like you just said, that I feel like capitalism is definitely self-correcting. For example, if you're working at an employer that is treating you like trash and there's another employer that treated the employees better, you're going to lose employees. And at a certain point, you have to realize, why am I losing employees? And then you have to correct yourself so you're now once again competitive in the market. Mm. So I definitely would agree that there's a lot, there's there's cons, but I would argue that this the capitalistic system does correct those cons faster than they ignore them. Yep. Not for sure. And then... It says tends to lead to larger inequality. I feel like mm. this this is definitely a highly nuanced one, and I feel like it's, it's difficult to address. Cause I'm not even perfectly a hundred percent sure the angle they are approaching this con from. Yeah, I'm not gonna go the obvious route. It definitely in capitalist society, capitalistic society, society. Yeah, yeah. yeah the rich <laughs> get richer and the poor get poorer. I'll hit that issue of it. So in terms of race, that. There's, there's, that's a longer conversation. But in for terms sure, of class, sure. I think it does t- 
tend to potentially perpetuate uh, class issues, which at that point, there needs to be other interventions. Like, the issues of class shouldn't be solved by capitalistic ideas. That's something, that, that has to Fishing be something efficient. else. But uh, absolutely, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer in a capitalistic society. No, for sure, for sure. Even, like, the whole idea of, like, Merit, even going back to the pearl of capitalism, which is yep. meritocracy, right? That also comes into a con as well. Because, for example, if I'm succeeding in a capitalistic society, right, and I amass a certain amount of resources, and then I have a next generation of you know children, I now have resources that I can artificially boost their their meritocracy. I can put them in the best you know schools put them in the best opportunities. I'll probably at that point have a decent network in which I can Versus put them in the, same the flip side where someone who didn't and then the next generation they would be able to. So it's like the top continue to rise faster. While the low continues to be at the low. Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely do think that that's a, a perfect con of capitalism in, in a way. I, I genuinely don't believe another economic system could properly alleviate that, but I think that it can address those issues in a yeah, very so, um at What's the, the very least, yeah. uh, a capitalistic society, my bad to interrupt, but the hey, uh, capitalistic society gives you the opportunity, or at least in America, we are, although the American dream might not be what it was once. Once was, yeah. Uh, without a doubt, you could absolutely flip your entire situation over. So you don't necessarily need to have old money. New money can be obtained. Mm. But yeah, I agree... I don't know if there's a, another form of society that can do that. But mm. the con to that, oh, with every good and bad, it's like, as a result of that, new money does stay. I mean, old oh, money yeah. does stay. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And, um, yeah, I, I don't... Yeah. It's definitely more nuanced. I mean, mm. definitely... There's definitely going to be a, a, a... It's hard to tackle that one. It's definitely going to be an um, idea that probably comes up a lot more times than, than we probably have to bring it up, you know, throughout the, the way the world is going, we're probably going to touch this idea of, of wealth sure, inequality sure. and, uh, com- you know, as, as a, as a, you know, a kind of capitalism many times, but to continue, it's prone to economic boom and bust cycles. What does that even mean? So basically, in the cap- I know what that means. Yeah, I know, I don't yeah, even, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't even know what I mean. It's just in terms of like, I guess the, it's the prone to good and bad times. Yeah, basically. It's like it's the fact that in a capitalist society, the creator of this pros and cons list believes that it's inevitable in capitalism for it to go up. Yeah, no. Everything's going good. So, Psych, everything's mm-hmm. going bad. Up, oh, everything's going good. This Psych, is going this bad. is an unpopular opinion. This is my analysis of uh, the situation. Mm-hmm. Learning about this in school, seeing how society is going. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I think the historical data can't pop. I'm trying to find the best way to explain this. Essentially, yes, there's the up and down, the boom, the burst, then the down, the repression, to recession. Mm-hmm. I think that's how we've gone in the past, but with globalization, social issues, all these different factors that I couldn't even begin to name right now, that's not necessarily true. Because mm-hmm. So in the past 10 years, we've seen a boom, which mm-hmm. is slightly longer than any boom we've seen. Mm-hmm. 2020 could be seen as the beginning the bus. Oh, oh, yeah, the beginning of a bus, yeah. But regardless, that's an external factor. 
So, like, COVID was an external factor. Maybe there's just always some factor that comes to play eventually where it's up and down. But I'm thinking over time, this historical model we have isn't necessarily accurate. And I don't know how to better explain that. I'm just going to have to replay this video several years and then, like, rewind to this moment I say this. But there is more optimal ways to do things than we've been doing. And we're going off the historical data. Historically, it is up, down, up, down. But if we continue to optimize, which is what we do, firms continue to be efficient, societies trying to continue to be efficient, over time we're going to see, like, there's booms, there's lesser booms, and more booms. And and that's the, the full picture, not necessarily. So that's a bold statement. No, no economist, economist would agree with that. No, no, textbook. no, they would, though. They would, though. But maybe not. I just, I was, I'm just gonna say, like on that that thing. I was reading a book recently, a book called um, "Discrimination and Disparities" by Thomas Sowell. 100% recommend it. I'm probably gonna butcher the statistics behind it, but definitely read the book. I think it's very good in terms of understanding like the economy. But um, he said that but from 1970, I'm gonna probably butcher the dates, but it's roughly the same range. 1970 to today, in a 50 year time span, there was 36 million Americans that have not only moved from from lower class to middle class, but from middle class to what would be considered upper class. And to get upper class is not really hard based on statistical data today. But it says 36 million Americans that have... It was either they moved from lower class to middle class or they just transcended classes. Like middle class moved upper class and lower class moved to middle class. Basically, he was trying to say that there is economic progress at a rate that has never been seen in history. So regardless of the up and down cycles, mm. there is still a ridiculous What's amount of What's this guy's people. background? Oh, this guy is crazy, bro. This, bro, I tell you, this Let me guy. Hear this, background. this is probably one of my biggest role models, and I, I say that with so, all meaning. I have a. Oh, he's a brother. And bro, he's from Harlem, bro. Really? This guy right here is from Harlem. Does bro, sound, he has a. Does he have a statue? No, he doesn't. He's still alive, bro. He's ninety years old. No, but I stopped. <laughs> he's still alive. All right. So the reason why I say that is because I have a theory from what you just uh -huh. said. That kind of goes against it. But mm -hmm. tell me his background. So real basically, quick. his background. The thing is, the reason I love him so much, bro. He's from Harlem. He grew up in one forty fifth. I've definitely right? heard the name. Yeah. Right? Literally, beast economist. He grew up, went to Stuyvesant High School. Then he went to University Stuyvesant. of Chicago, Columbia, and Harvard College. Taught served. at UCLA. He served in the military. Taught at UCLA. Now he, he's um at the Hoover Institute at Stanford University. Wrote a book called Black, Rednecks, and White Bro, Liberals. He has wrote over Isn't 40, that relevant? He wrote 40 books. Black, Rednecks, White Liberals, Wait, Intellectual. Wait, click the view 45 real quick. Bro, it, he's literally wrote mad books. Bro. He might be. This I is the book either. I just read right here, Discrimination Disparities. Ooh, I like that. The, yeah, no, he literally has so many books. And the thing is, like, everything in all his books, I was like, he approaches it from the standpoint of, like, listen, He's an African-American male yeah. who literally worked through some of the hardest times you in know. America. Mm, and, and this is the book I want to read next, Charter Schools and Their Enemies, because I think that education is super important, especially in today's society. But this guy is just like he... He's, oh, wow. You just oh. opened up a, a door I didn't know existed. Like this guy, like in terms of... And he's, he's, a, he's an economist. Justice. And the thing, another guy, unfortunately, who just passed away and I, I wanted to talk about it today too is a guy named Walter Williams. I just read his book, All It Takes Is Guts. Another American economist. He grew up in Detroit, literally struggling, like hardest probable, probable situation, right? Was able to work his way to a certain standpoint in which he went to UCLA, studied economics at UCLA, studied free market theory, laissez-faire, laissez you know, economics, free market um, economy. And he advocated, and both of them are like best friends. Like they're like mad close, and they're like, you know, that's my boy. Even like when Walt T. Williams just passed away last week, 
Thomas Sowell just did a tribute to him on his, on his YouTube channel. Like mm. this guy is like one of probably one of the greatest African American intellectuals to ever live, and and it's true. Like the things that they say, like it's not gonna be popular opinion because everybody has you know their viewpoint and they believe certain things, but they say things that are generally backed by statistics and data, and they break down the data in a way that's very digestible. And I think. Beast, bro. Beast. Nah, this sounds beast. And I mean, this guy wrote forty books. Like that, Listen, that in itself is you gotta give hundred percent without books. it. I had no idea. And just to the audience, like, there's literally if we're talking about statistics, if you read three books on any given subject, you will instantly know more than ninety percent of the population about that subject. You that's like begin crazy. to like obtain mastery over that subject, and that's only three. The problem is reading. Is escaping us. I mean, it has happened yeah, to me too. No, for sure. I'll pick up a book and like I'll finally get to that group. Where I'm like, let nah, me read this. To be honest, I don't even read them, bro. And then I fall out of. But it's it's very common. You know what I do now, and what I do, and just this is this is just like kind of a side note. So what I do, I, I listen to the audible. Like the, yeah, the but it audio. Calls. That's the thing. It's like it's they like, calls, but the thing, and it's harder to focus. But what I do is I just make sure I take extensive notes. So, for example, I'll do the audible, but, like, everything that's being said, I per- I try my best to, like, annotate How often it. are you reading this, though? Like Pretty often. Because, like, I'm a but big... I'll go back over it. Like I'm a big write notes guy, uh-huh. and then don't go back over it. I mean, with the, this is a topic of economics, and I feel like the it comes up more than I would like it to. So, for example, if I'm watching a video and they say something about a specific topic, it will ring in my head, and I'm like, oh... I remember in this book, it was say, so I'll go through this. And for the most part, I highlight some of the most important parts, like a lot of things like minimum wage laws. This guy, Thomas Sowell, not as good as Walter E. Williams. Walter E. Williams does a perfect analysis of why minimum wage laws are probably flawed. And the average person today would be like, what do you mean? We need to get paid more. But if any, I, I would argue anybody who read that book, All It Takes His Guts, and understood the standpoint in which he articulated why minimum wage laws does not make sense would have a difficult time combating minimum wage laws today just from the standpoint he took but that, that was a, that was that was a very big aside but no no absolutely a very crucial one too because books it we it's just yeah. escape society and then it, it also might allude to why we are where we are today in terms of not trying to get any more information even there's going to be Millions of people who, if they watch this podcast, would mm. resonate w- with what we're saying because, like, we're not any different. Like, we might, like, go a little bit deeper than, like, society has led us to. But to a certain degree, like, we're all on the same page. It's just, like, certain situational factors that lead us to either pay more attention to one thing than another. And it's unfortunate, too, mm. because, like, now that like, I'm going to at least check out at a minimum, one Bro, of those books. The thing you don't even gotta check out the books, so I'm gonna show you this right here. And the thing is, like, the the way I first came came across them was going YouTube. Just yeah, you know YouTube. I, I literally say every you say I watch every single video because this guy, like, literally everything he says is like I had to watch every single video because I just respect him that much. I'm like, yo, his standpoint seems legit. It doesn't seem he seems like he's a genuine person that genuinely cares about the progression of people. And he does it from a standpoint of trying to. Trying to make things more, more, um, you know, beneficial for people. So I mean, I watched the majority of his videos, and I think that's a good place to start. I mean, I would never tell somebody to just hop into straight into a book because the books are long and they're kind of the language in it is kind of offsetting. Like personally, like even when I watch it, okay. it's from a standpoint where it's like doesn't really make a lot of sense. Try to get the computer charger. But 
No, it did, but that it might have overloaded. That's what it's that, the second? Oh, I yeah. might try again for a quick second. Yeah, no. Nah, I mean, this uh, the viewer, the viewers. If you understand, if you understand. Knowledge and uh, tribulations. But no, no, for real though. Wow, wow, we figured out the situation. You got it. Yeah. Wow, we figured out the situation right here. One thing I would say about Thomas Sowell and Walter Williams, and there's there's a lot of other people who are, are black economists that that does does the, the similar things. And I'm not saying that they have to be black. It's just I happen to come across them because I was watching a specific segment that was about black and economic advancement, and they came up, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Who are these guys? I never heard of them. And I, I generally feel like if they taught these guys in school, the population would be a lot better. Better for All right. it. What would you say to people who's like who are honestly just like you and I, perhaps? COVID has given all of us, but you've taken a little bit more advantage of the time in your hands in terms of actually reading this. What do you say to the person who's like, I want to read it. I don't have the time. I got Sally Snapchatting me. I have Sarah, who I want to hang out with. And I have my boy, John, who's like, let's drink on a Tuesday. What do you say to that guy who's just as intellectual, intellectually curious, mm. but doesn't? have the time or can't find the time how does he get around that i would say just, just start with or a, she yeah he or she i would say start with the, the youtube videos i feel like the youtube videos peak enough interest i mean the books the books are kind of the same as the youtube videos just to like a ridiculous in-depthness that literally might not even be needed for everyday application the videos are more everyday things so in terms of for example a, a big thing he talks about is like the welfare state Right, he talks about the pros, the cons. He talks about how, like the disincentivization, if that's even a word, to of working and things like that. And I think that those things are, are relevant topics to today. So basically, what you're saying is instead of as great as Netflix is, all these shows are coming on. Mm. Maybe once in a while, it's extremely beneficial to just dive into the unknown, something that you want to do but you haven't done. Mm. If anything, COVID has exposed that. Before Annie used to say, well, if I just had the time mm. and suddenly all this time's on our hands and still people aren't doing the things that like they thought they would do, mm. perhaps maybe have too much time. But it's you've almost made it look easy in a sense where the taking notes for me, like, I mean, I congratulate your yeah, reading. The notes kinda, is a little OD, crazy, but the actual reading of it the utmost respect and i think that should go to anyone you don't even have to go that far you don't even have to mm. take notes. yeah you don't a couple of youtube videos people who have done the work for you will mm. sum it up as you're doing now too mm. will pique the interest and now i'm gonna read the book but like priorities netflix is cool you should take the time but at another point perhaps dive into some uh thomas thomas soul there you go and the, the thing is i feel like too is like it just comes down to like the the motivation. Like the motivation for me was it was clear. Like I wanted to learn more about economic theory. I wanted to learn more about economics in general. I didn't go to school for economics. I went to school for finance. Mm. I took economics mm. classes. So it, it's kind of similar. Saying, yeah. So like that's why I could kind of follow a lot of the topics you talk about pretty easily. But the motivation for me was clear. I feel like in society today, you know, he talks about. Uh, I think in the the most recent section you talked about was the idea of like the errors in in data and how that's politicized. So you said errors of omission. So for example, someone would say it's a statistics, a, a statistic, but they will omit yeah, something yeah. that clearly shows yeah. that the correlation does not mean Absolutely. the causation in that situation. That was, that was like the he, first thing I learned about stats. And and the thing you said for for example, he was like, oh, people would say that white white um, lenders are discriminated against African-American applicants, right? But he said, if you look at the data, they clearly omitted the fact that 
white lenders were lending to Asian Americans at a rate of two times, right? Mm. So he said he doesn't see any logical reason why a white lender would discriminate against a white person yes. unless it was a, some type of other statistical factor. So then when he cross-referenced that data with the, the credit scores, he saw that Asian Americans had credit scores that were often way higher than white lenders. So he's like, it would make no sense why a white business owner would discriminate against a white person mm. looking for a, a white applicant and why he would actually give to an Asian person unless it was another factor, which in this specific situation was credit score. Perhaps I was lucky, but the first thing I remember mm. about learning statistics, it was this fact. I was shown a graph mm. and it showed two companies doing something that was uh, was supposedly good. And I was like, so what does this graph mm. tell you? I was like, well, this graph telling me that this company is sick. Mm. And he's like, well, now how about now? You like zoom in, change the numbers, change the x, the key, the main important part, parts of the graph, but it's the same data, mm. and I have a completely different story. So with that, mm. I've become critical of like just taking at face value what you see. Yeah, but at a certain sure. point, I, I guess I'm more curious. How do we go about teaching the population who hasn't been as fortunate, who's gonna take? Oh, this is a fact. Fine, mm. this is true. And it may, it's a conversation. We're figuring this out as yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that's one of the biggest problems in society today. I mean, I, like, even with, like, the certain things I do on, like, on TikTok and stuff like that, right? And just, like, r- means that allowed me to reach audiences that I wouldn't be able to reach otherwise. Mm. It's, like, I think that's a good medium to start presenting ideology. Like, I, I remember I posted a video the other day and someone was like, oh, like, I never thought of it like this. Or I never seen it from this angle. Or, I never even knew that something like this was possible, right? Or something like this was the actual ideology. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And certain things like that I think is important. I, I feel like the school system kind of suppresses specific ideology to a degree, which I think is a problem in itself. And I think it's definitely a bigger bigger issue that definitely has to be tackled. We probably have to dedicate a whole podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll get out on episode later. To that. We're, we're getting deep, but we're also hitting, hitting you guys some facts. But That's a fact, no, for sure, for sure. It would do us more justice for us to dive deeper into those those right. specific areas you yeah, know that's the thing too that's why i want to even start to just tip of the iceberg with this topic yes, 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 yes. and the next the next topic we're probably going to discuss is socialism just to really understand some of the, like the un- overarching topic before we mm. go deep because if you really want to go there's a lot of deepness and especially in economic theory yeah this <laughs> and economic theory literally influences politics today on both sides whether one side is heavily yes. capitalistic one side is heavily subsidized government socialism whatever the situation might be but there's a lot there. Every essay I wrote in my policy classes about the like intersection between politics, politics and economics, and like how they just constantly bat. It's like it literally the core of yin and yang society. I believe is politics and economics. That's like every essay I ever wrote. Doesn't no, matter. Like, I didn't do that well in the essays. I actually did, but for the audience. But you bro, are we so so now? We're going to skip crony capitalism for the main fact that I want to make crony capitalism its own thing. Yeah, we're gonna, It's yeah. a lot in crony capitalism yeah, in terms yeah. of lobbying that a lot of people need to, to understand what lobbying is. But I'm, to wrap up today, because, you know, we've kind of been a pretty long episode today. The final question for today. No. Is, is going to be kind of, is a dual question. What is inherited wealth? Should inherited wealth be possible? Should people be able to inherit wealth? And is capitalism overall fair? Okay, so I'll hit the easier one first, mm. which is should wealth be inherited? Maybe it shouldn't, but at the end of the day... It, Just go from the most logical standpoint. From the most logical... Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I and I, that's why I preface it with a moral standpoint so I can just 
finish off with all straight logic. Gotcha. It's like, maybe it shouldn't. Maybe morally, if someone isn't inherited wealth, mm. each person is born to society, society with, like, this is what I have to do. If, if I have the motivation, the, the grind, the hard work to do it, then I'll obtain some outcome. Fine. But in reality, if I accumulate a bunch of wealth, part of that motivation for me is to uh, put that off to my offspring. If I become a billionaire, it's part of the reason I did that is because all my children have a better life than I did. Gotcha. That's not always oh, that the case. Was your incentive in that, that situation. For, for okay, me, okay, okay. For yeah, me yeah. specifically, sense, sense. yes. But that's not always the case. But I do. I just don't see a realistic scenario happening. Happening where like. I accumulate all this wealth, and then my children aren't able to inherit. Where does it go? No, no, no. I already taxes are one conversation, but how the government spends it is like the government's so inefficient. Like, take it fine, do your government spending, take care of whatever clinics, healthcare, fine. But our we we're all on the same page. I don't care if you're left or right side of the aisle. The government's not that good at spending. Like no, no, for dollars. sure, for sure. And just even even mm. go back on what you're saying right now, it's like, but I completely agree. I think that from a moral standpoint, should wealth be inherited? Of course not. There should be no reason logically that just because your parent or your predecessor, I would say in a way, in the family, work for something that you should get the wealth from a moral standpoint, I would say. But it goes both ways because also morally, it's like they did that. Who are you to just... This is like government came after family. Like... Family comes first. If back in the tribe, this tribe was known to do this, this, and that, and over time they grew. Okay, this okay. I get you. I get you. I mean, I'll flip it then, I guess. Yeah. I meant to say from but a logical it, standpoint, it wouldn't make sense. But it goes, yes, yes. So, hmm. like, it goes, it, but it does go both ways. And, like, I, like you could make arguments for both, but at the but end I would of the argue, day. Logically, you can't, logically, you can't argue that inherited wealth makes sense. You said logically, I can't argue that. I would, I would, I would presume so because I generally can't. I personally can't. You probably could, but I personally can't think of a logical argument for why inherited wealth makes sense. Morally, it makes a, very, a lot of sense, but not logically. I don't see why inherited wealth makes, makes I, sense. I guess I hear you. Logically, I think is is even. It's like on all basis. I have money. Mm. My son, my offspring, my daughter, my they. It's twenty twenty. Because they are you. In a way, this is my family. Nothing else really matters outside of my family. Sure, there's society and whatever, but at the end of the day, there's all this going on. Who am I to care about all this stuff going on with Epstein, Jelaine Max, all this BS? Yeah. At the end of the day, I did what I needed to do, and I'm passing it on to my next generation. And they, who else is going to do that for me? Logically, I say logically. Who else is gonna pass on what I did to the next generation? Logically, and my thought processes of the situation, I would think that the wealth that you had was a direct product of Mm. the people who produced that wealth for you. It was me. That's debatable, depending on the situation. Okay, so let's say it was me. If you work, but but if you are amassing a certain amount of wealth, it was not you solely. So I would argue your wealth might be better spent going back into the vehicle that produced it for you. For example... All right, let's say Bezos, who has an entire conglomerate. Perfect, perfect example. Was it really not him? Was he not the vehicle? For, was Henry Ford not the guy who created, who took us from horses to cars? 
And sure, he didn't do it himself, but it's, but it's because in society, there are those who create the car or, like, make labor for the car, and there are those who come up with the idea. What's more valuable? Mm. Obviously, in our society, Ford, what Henry Ford is way more valuable. Is that debatable? Sure. But in the end, Henry Ford's kids should also, not should, but if they didn't reap the benefits of what their father did that was so beastly, so life-changing that generations after generations know his name, that's unfair. Morally, but not logically. Why not logically? Logically, if you... Okay, let's go Bezos, right? Logically, Bezos creates Amazon, makes $150 billion plus, mm. right? Bezos directly created that, right? Logically, if Bezos passes away, the person or people next more logical to inherit that wealth because they directly contributed that will be anybody that worked at Amazon in a sufficient role to help support that goal. So you're logically, oh, yes, yes, from a logical I, standpoint, I, now, they generally helped create beep, that beep, wealth. Beep. So Amazon, absolute conglomerate. It's right. it's international. Right. You're saying that money should be spread out over thousands and thousands of people. Even some people work there for a year. Some people who just contracted for Amazon in the warehouse which they're constantly hiring on a day-to-day basis, they've already been paid Mm. for their services. But you're saying in addition to that, okay, you worked there for a year, we're going to split Bezos' net worth up into, honestly, probably hundreds of thousands of people and then give you a check and say, this is what his death was worth here. Instead... Oh, potentially, yes. Could it go to waste going to John Bezos' son? I don't even know if he has a son. And if he does, I think he does yeah. Maybe, and I don't even know if that's his name. The point is, you're saying that's the more logical solution than to give it to okay. his chain of command. Listen to his, his right? I'm going to try to put in an analogy, right? Say I have an idea. I want to make a pie, right? I don't you want to make, make a pie. pie. I want to make a pie. I don't actually make the pie. I get a few chefs, five chefs, right, that create the pie, right? They create the pie and they give it to me because it's my idea to create the pie, right? They give it to me. I have the pie, right? Is Unfortunately, the, before mm-hmm. I pass away, before, before before I eat the pie, I pass away, right? Should my son be able to eat the pie or should the people who made the pie be able to eat the pie? Here's what's wrong with your idea. With what, what's wrong with your analogy? Even if I paid them Here's to create the pie. what's wrong with your analogy. Okay, I want to hear. I want to hear. One, pie is so common. If I tell some guy to make me a computer, there are a bunch of like kids who could make computers now. For sure, for sure. But if I tell you to make me something, the MacBook, the steep. If I ask you to uh, do the a most, steep, the most intricate logistics company, if, I cannot make the it. point. The average person cannot make if it. If it was, if I ask you to build me something that hasn't been done for, done mm-hmm. before, which is what separates Henry Ford, car, Steve Jobs, Apple, Bill Gates, Microsoft, and even Jeff Bezos with Amazon, mm-hmm. is different than if I just ask you. I was like, oh, this been done before write me a book i could write a book for sure yeah yeah. so there's something very different about doing something that hasn't been done before that one makes it infinitely more valuable but listen elon musk for example said per, said in a spacex tesla one of his recent things right he said Neuralink. he said that he creates the idea but someone else has to make the idea come to life yes so is that person not more valuable than Elon Musk in that situation? Absolutely not. And okay, obviously, obviously he's not more I valuable. Because I don't know that guy's name. Obviously, yeah, but he, obviously he's not more valuable for the main fact that 
he didn't come up with the idea. But if he made the idea come to fruition, is that not... He didn't do it by himself. He's part of a team of people. For sure. But I'm saying those team of people brought that idea to fruition. And we don't know any of their names. But we don't know their name because they're not—they're not a CEO. They're not someone who's in a di- in a in a role in which they they control things. But don't they you can, think they can make decisions, I, especially in a capitalist but society? Son, but my thing is, mm, Elon Musk, son, or Jeff Bezos' son, XAE twelve, has never made any decision because he's or two. did not bring any. Uh, <laughs> right, rightfully so. But not that's my even. point. He has not made any decision or has not brought any idea to fruition that could potentially have affected the course of Elon Musk's wealth. There's people who literally have directly affected right, his, so the course I, of I his wealth yeah. through bringing his ideas to fruition. So, look, at the end of the day, where you're bringing us... But that's us, logical. That's not more no, 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 no. That's not... It's You're being idealistic in a sense that, yes, in the perfect society, when you're born, even if you have no contributions, like everyone else who isn't born should be equal to someone who else who was just not born. Bored, right. But in reality, and that's is very like I agree on that level, but at a certain point, especially in the society we built today, with which ties in with this but, whole capitalism listen, thing, listen. it's like it's it, literally logical. Your to dad's that. Elon Musk, and my dad is. Uh, Jeff from uh, Subway or James from Subway, who's but it's now logical pedophile. to me. To to you, it's not idealistic. It's logical. No, but you have to accept that you are direct. I, yeah, I accept it's idealistic for, to a degree because yeah. I, I personally think that if you work hard from a moral standpoint, I think morals trump logic in certain situations. That morally, the sunshine inherited, right? But if you directly produce, directly affected the revenue stream. Logically, you have right. a claim to the revenue you if you directly affected it. So you, let's say you grew up poor, right? Correctly. Okay. Let's say at age 31, okay. you meet the girl of your dreams, hot scrubber. Okay. She's perfect. There's, n- there's not a single flaw about her. Okay. Three months into you turning 31, okay. you finally do the, the deed. You just reached... A hundred billion dollars net worth. You finally made it somehow. You were poor. Mm. You've met the girl in your dreams. Everything is perfect. Okay, I'm, I'm following. She gets pregnant. Maybe it's your birthday. Maybe it's Christmas. I'm following. And nine months later, you're terminally ill. Okay. Your baby's born. You've accomplished all your dreams. You died at a young age. Very tragic. And it's just your wife. You've made the money. It's just your wife and the kid that is now born. Should they start from where you started 30 years ago? Morally, Even yes. Logically, no. Morally? Morally. Mo- I mean, morally, no. Logically, yes. And logically? Bro, because more. Even logically, this is your Log- family. Wait, the- wait, 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 wait. Yeah, logically, logically, wait, 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 wait. Family. Logic does not care about your feelings. Logically, logically does not care about how my family logically, feels. Logically, a marriage. You just bind into a contract to bring two parties to one. She is now you, and you're now her. Okay, cool. You brought life into this world, and okay. even then, logically, you're saying all your wealth should dissipate and go to some government entity and or the people who made the money for you. I, would, I definitely your, reject the notion of government entity. The sure. the, the, the means, sure, sure, the sure, production sure. that produced my wealth, yes, logically. Nah, yeah, nah. Alright, well then we uh, then we'll we will we'll agree, agree to disagree. disagree. We'll, we'll we'll agree definitely disagree agree to that. disagree. I just feel like from a moral standpoint, I feel like all right. it, it makes sense morally because Take it's out, like right. why would I why would it would be unfair 
to literally expropriate my wealth in a situation. Let me ask you this. Should all human decisions be determined with logic? No. And, and that's, so, why, that's why I support inherited wealth to a degree. From and a moral yeah, standpoint. So I, support, I, w- I would support it more morally than I do logically. Yes. So I would say at the end of the day, there Morals are certain things where logic can't apply just as humans because we're emotional beings. Yeah, and I will also argue that it I will also argue that it is not feasible. It's not feasible to to tell somebody that because if I have a kid and my kid's five and I want to transfer my wealth, but I know the government's going to take it, I'll just transfer all the money to him. And that's not his money. And nobody can tell me I can't just give it all to and him also, while, while I'm alive. Why would I even want to make all this money? If, why wouldn't I just get rich, drunk, and every spend single all day? Of it, yeah. It's just a, a very unconstructive society. Yeah. But all of those factors combined then make it logical. Make it illogical. To, for, for inherited wealth to not be something that makes sense. Which would make it logical to... Have wealth be inherited? Yeah, but I think I think it steps to it though. If it's on the basis of like one to one, but it's never one to one. That's not logical in a, that's not, in and of okay, itself. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Then I, with other factors included, if you include the fact that I could literally just which before I die transfer my wealth to my child, that's which an is anecdote. The, sure, which yeah. is the most logical thing to do in that situation. If I'm in eighty and my kid is whatever you whatever reason my car, kid is though. fifteen, right? There are more, more than one way. But I'm saying, yeah. if I have the opportunity and I already know that my child's not going to be able to inherit my wealth, then before I feel like, and I feel like most people in affluent positions already plan their estates planning very I early guess. in life. Hopefully, yeah. So, trust I me, basically, as soon as Amazon went public, he probably was planning his estate. Before, before his kids uh, probably yeah, of age. Probably. So, I would say, logic, I would just say, listen, I have this money. I'm going to put all this there because I know once I die, the state is going to take all my funds and put it back into the means of production that created the fund. The funds that I have today. And I feel like that would make the most sense. And I feel like it would make that inherited wealth then illogical. Because it's like, if either way he's getting the money, it makes more sense to just give him the money. Yeah, no, nah, I just think there's... I mean, we already... It's hit. heavily there's nuanced. So many it's more, heavily nuanced. There's so many facts... I don't even think it's heavily nuanced. There's it's, so many factors to life that as a human... And I agree with you on an economic standpoint, but... From a human nature standpoint, there's just too many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. From human nature, I, so yeah, no, I, from human yeah. nature, it does. It makes no sense. From an human economic, nature. I agree with you. From a human, no. But okay, all right. So and then that's how it goes, though. And this is a yin and yang as well. From of anything. life today, for uh, absolutely. And it this is the most important thing that at the very least, even in something that we're able to agree and disagree on. We're at least able to speak on it, which is something that is That's so very important in society today. And it's just so rare in 2020. It's like mm. have an hour, maybe even two hours. Actually, I'm not mm. long been gone, but at the same point, it's like this does not exist in 2020. I hope I can look back on this video and be like, ah, I remember when we couldn't even agree, and even yeah. then we were doing it. But like, I hope things don't continue to get worse. I'm happy that we're able to talk about something like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, we're happy to have like a a, a a conversation where we have two different standpoints and absolutely. we can uh, have a conversation in which we come to a decision, or even if we don't come to a decision, we can agree to disagree and, and, and have it in a civil way. Absolutely accidental. The black and white only yeah. further illustrates this point in of the contrast of, of the this, contrast. Yeah. You gotta find that yin yang. So, not nah, for sure, for sure. Definitely with capitalism, we, we definitely had the pros, we definitely had the cons. 
definitely hit the idea of inherited wealth, meritocracy, crony capitalism. We'll probably discussing another one because I think it's a lot there, especially with lobbying. A lot, a lot of, of people don't know what that overall. is. A lot of definitely a lot there. We're definitely gonna get more into, but this might be an episode you need to watch one or twice. Yeah, once definitely or twice, one or twice. But, but yeah, if you if you made it all the way to the end, definitely check out Thomas Sowell. Check out Walter e. Williams. Two great economists that I think do a great job of breaking down data and um, logically coming to conclusions and. And helping just teach the general public about topics that they otherwise might be ignorant on. But yeah, like the video, subscribe to the video, and you know, stay in tune. We have a lot coming in the future. We're gonna keep working, keep grinding, and trying to pro, pro not promote, but create the the best Produce. content we can. Yeah, yep, produce. Yep. Yeah, the best content we can. And we're out.